Let's get you up to date on Forge FC. This is Focus on Forge with Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Hey, Forge fans, it's the Forge Audio Network. I'm Anthony Urcioli, your digital host, and it is Focus on Forge, Forge FC. Coming off a 1-0 loss to Valor Wednesday night, Kyle Becker's 100th appearance, the first in CPL history to hit the 100 mark. Bittersweet for him. Uh, had the beautiful ceremony, had his family on the field, uh, commemorative jersey plaque, and uh, not the result the club wanted. Not a lot of time to think about it, though. Forge FC back in action this weekend. They play Sunday, 4 o'clock at Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton against Atletico Ottawa. To talk all things Forge and CPL, the hardest working man in the Canadian Premier League, Charlie O'Connor-Clark from canpl.ca joins us. Charlie, thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that team was uh, that we watched at Tim Hortons Field. It did not look like the Forge we've seen in in recent weeks. Um, I mean, yeah. I think the easiest thing to do would be to chalk it up to that long kind of layoff, the 10 days. Uh, a team that's not used to having that many days off. Is there anything else we could maybe you saw or that we can point to that that made them look a little different than we've been used to? Yeah, I, I think in general, if you'd asked them, they would have said they were just not quite as sharp with their passing, especially in the first half. You know, there were kind of a lot of passes, especially out of the back, that just seemed uncharacteristically inaccurate, or they would go out of bounds, or they'd be picked off kind of easily. Uh, Valor were a team that knew that Forge are in really good form, that they'd scored a lot of goals in their last few games. So they kind of expected that they'd have to sit back quite deep and defend a lot. Uh, and that's sometimes really difficult to play into when the other team is giving you a lot of the ball and letting you get into their half. Uh, but they're standing there so well organized and defensive. Uh, it's tough to break them down. Uh, and maybe Forge kind of struggled with doing that for a little bit in this game. But at the end of the day, I think they just maybe couldn't get into that attacking third as much as they want to, especially without... You know, the attacking fullbacks that they usually have with, with Garvin Matuzel on one side and Reset Ram on the other, they're not necessarily the most attacking players. Uh, as usually, they're very good defensively, but uh, maybe not at it making those those overlapping runs that Forge like to use. Yeah, and we've, we've seen a lot of chemistry built between, you know, Borges and Ashton Morgan and then Rama and uh, Schwanier on the other side. And it's not to say that, you know, Matusela held them back in so many, because, I mean, he is a great defender. But yeah. maybe when something is, you know, that that's been that lineup for Forge has pretty much been intact for the last month or so. I mean, there's been some changes up front with the attackers, but for the most part, midfield defense has kind of looked the same. And you almost wonder if just the chemistry wasn't quite there the way it has been. Yeah, it's it's a very different thing, especially to attack up that left side with with Matusala, who's obviously not left footed playing on the left side there. So it's a little tougher to play passes as quickly or to to maybe bomb balls up that left wing towards him and then have him play it in towards Tristan Borges. So it's a bit of a different look when you have an inverted fullback like that. He has to maybe cut inside a little bit more and, and tuck in, and they have to play shorter passes along that way. So you can't get up the field as quickly as you'd want to, which is tough against a team, again, like Valor, who are sitting back and trying to defend you. Uh, so it's very different, and it's something that, that can be done and something that can work for Forge, uh, but maybe didn't necessarily work out super well for them in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Becker with, you know, having the ceremony and playing his 100th match, the first player in the CPL to do so. It's 
I, and I love this part of the league is what I like the most because I, and I love asking players, you know, four years ago who you didn't know where your career was necessarily going for Becker, you know, he had bounced around a lot. And for a guy that, you know, he's getting, he's not old by any means, but he's, you know, he's at that point, he was kind of pushing 30 and maybe looking for some stability as a family. And then this CPL comes along and, you know, he's found a home and he's become the, the face of a franchise. And I just, you know, these are the stories that you love to hear um, as, as just being, and for you, especially as you've been with the CPL since the start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of nice to see that it's Kyle Becker that gets, you know, an honor like this. He's a foundational player of the league. He's been one of the faces of it, one of the top players in the league for all four seasons that it's existed. And, and it's uh, a testament to, you know, the commitment that he's made to this league. Obviously, as you mentioned, he's, he'd been to lots of different clubs. He's been in MLS uh, at a few stages. He, he won a, a championship with that San Francisco team, and then that club immediately folded. Uh, so for him to find that kind of stability here in Hamilton has been really, really nice, I think, for him as well, just to find a, kind of find this home for his career to really thrive there. And, and obviously he means so much to that club. You just ask any of his teammates what he means to forge and, and what kind of example he sets for the younger players. And I think it, it really goes a long way just having a player of that quality and with that leadership ability in this squad as well. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to play so close to home in Oakville and playing with so many former teammates and a former coach and yeah, it just, it's a great situation for him and uh, great to see him honored in that way. What do you make of at this point in the season? We're a little past the one third mark of the year. It seems like it's gone by pretty quickly already. Have we? Do we have an idea now of kind of who the contenders, at least the playoff contenders, are versus the ones that we're, are probably already looking to next season? Um, I don't think we totally do yet. I think we're starting to maybe see some teams pull away, especially at the top. Like I think we're seeing Cavalry look like they're pretty much a lock to, to get into that top four uh, a few weeks but a few weeks ago we would have said Pacific were and they've fallen off a lot in the last couple of weeks right. uh, Forge obviously in, in unbelievable form heading into this game and the four games heading into it uh, but obviously last night against Valor uh, is a tough one for them so really any CPL team can beat any on any random day uh, even Valor's coach right. Phil DeSantis has kind of said like it was important for them to win this game, not only in York over the weekend, but in Hamilton last night to stop the rest of the pack kind of getting away from them. So it is, it is still not that big a gap really for any teams uh, in that kind of three to, to six, maybe seven range in the table right now. So there's definitely a lot of movement that can happen. I don't think we're really seeing a lot of teams. We're not seeing a lot of separation between maybe the top four and the bottom four just yet. All right. Uh, this time of year, we usually hear about um, players on this side of the border getting interest from other clubs, maybe maybe in Europe. Uh, do you expect any more movement before the transfer window opens? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that there's probably been certainly some interest in players around the league. Uh, obviously, again, that transfer window opens on July the 7th. So as soon as that happens, I think we'll see players coming in and out of the league as, as you're eligible to do. Uh, and I think we, we might see a few more kind of moves happen. Uh, obviously, there's been obviously a couple of big ones already with, with Abzi going to France and Victor Latore going to Scotland. Uh, and I think there probably are a couple others maybe to wait for as we get sort of into, into July, uh, as obviously teams around the world start to set up for their kind of winter schedule. And then with, with the CPL and, and obviously MLS being on that 
that kind of different summer schedule. So this is maybe a bigger window for a lot of these clubs. Has the, has there has a season gone by yet since the CPL's inception that we haven't had transfers from um, bigger clubs, kind of poaching the CPL a little bit? Um, you know, we I mean, maybe, had, maybe during the COVID window there was some slowdown. Yeah, slow down there, but. there weren't there weren't as many during that period, especially when you know the CPL just wasn't really playing a lot of games. So it was mm-hmm. hard to scout players, hard to get tape on them. Uh, but even yeah, in other years, has always been interest, there's been eyes on the league. Obviously, from even in the first year, Joel Waterman going to MLS in Montreal, and and obviously out of last season, we had Caden Chung and Lucas McNaughton go to go to TFC, and we've had other players make sort of moves either to Europe or or wherever else in the world. Uh, so there's always been eyes on the CPL, but I think some of the moves we're seeing lately are maybe a little bit bigger than some of those. Uh, they're indicative of kind of bigger clubs doing quite intensive scouting on on individual CPL players that have played in this league for multiple years and there's a lot of a lot of film on them. So I think that's a positive thing as well. And we're gonna start seeing maybe a little bit more of those those moves that that you're a little more confident that the player's gonna go to that club and they're gonna make an impact and they're gonna play. Yeah, and also indicative of the quality in the Canadian Premier League. And it's been there since since yeah. day one. And I know you know, if you're a fan, it's kind of the CFL thing too, where if you have a really great player, it's great, but you're always kind of worried like, oh no, they might leave to go. But in this case, it means the league's doing its job. I, I mean, it's the players are getting recognized, their talents are getting noticed, Canadian soccer's on the map. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's a good thing to have these these transfers and it, it says a lot about the league right now. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, really, really, aside from maybe a very, very small handful of soccer leagues in the world every league wants to be a selling league that's just kind of the nature of the game right and especially when you're a league that's focused as a cpl is on developing young players and improving kind of the player pool within canada that's certainly going to be the case when you're trying to develop players and sell them on and then that kind of snowballs into be able to being able to develop more players in future and having more infrastructure and and facilities and, and better resources at your club to continue to doing that. So I think it's definitely a really good thing and obviously a mark of of the respect that other leagues and clubs have for the CPL level and the quality that's growing here. Yeah, it all happened so fast. So it's it's good things for the, the Canadian Premier League and Canadian soccer and fans. Uh, Charlie O'Connor-Clark from campl.ca, always a, a busy guy. What can we expect this week uh, coming up early next week? I'm sure there's a full docket of uh, content coming out. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure there is. There's all those <laughs> games, obviously, the two CPL games tonight. We've got plenty of games all weekend for Canada Day weekend. Uh, we'll have lots of stuff around that, lots of fun stuff. Uh, and then next week, uh, probably probably right back at it again. Yeah, you know, we'll be back with back with the podcast on Monday. And then after that, we look ahead to another really, really big week for some of these teams, uh, just trying to, to keep pace in those really tight standings at the moment. Yeah, make sure you're checking out campl.ca. Charlie, thanks so much for doing this. No problem, anytime. All right, thank you, COC. Keep it locked onto the Forge Audio Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also subscribe on YouTube. More Forge content coming to you before the match on Sunday. We have uh, the match day preview. We have three keys to the match, and uh, we're going to take you behind the beard with head coach Bobby Smirniota. Stay tuned, subscribe, keep it locked. I'm Anthony Urcioli, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Anthony 
and focus on Forge. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to the Forge Audio Network.